Well, markets are a lot calmer today, most likely because there's been no big moves over Ukraine. Vladimir Putin has said he's open to diplomacy. We'll see where that takes us. So now the focus is back to central banks trying to tackle inflation. The RBNZ lifted rates and will do much more. The Bank of England's Andrew Bailey told the Treasury Committee in the UK that oil and gas prices are going to add £700 to the average UK household energy bill. But can monetary policy fix that? And maybe that's why the ECB has been cautious on rate rises so far, but maybe that's starting to change as well. We'll look at that today. One place where inflation isn't a runaway concern just yet, Australia, where wages are showing only moderate growth so far. It's Thursday, the 24th of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has inched up 0.2% on the DXY, although it's been down for most of the session overnight. The Aussie dollar is up again, climbing 0.1% to 72.3 US cents. The euro is down a little, and we've got a 0.3% drop in the pound as well this morning. US equities down quite a bit, picking up downward momentum towards the finish line. The Nasdaq finished down 2.6%. The S&P 500 has lost 1.7%. The Dow down 1.4%. They all opened higher, actually. Uh, before losing what turned out to be quite a lot of ground overnight. In Europe, the FTSE did manage to close ever so slightly up. The DAX, though, down 0.4%, down more than 5% over the last couple of weeks. And US Treasury yields rising up five basis points for 10 years to 1.98%. Two-year yields, one basis point. And 10-year gilts are up one basis point as well, but yields for 10-year German bunds down two basis points. And Australian 10-year bonds, uh, their yields rising seven basis points to 2.27%, not far off 2.3% earlier, in fact. So hitting pandemic highs and Kiwi 10 years are up nine basis points this morning. And oil, well, pretty much flat for most of the session, but moving up a little later in the session, Brent is up just 0.1%, below 97 a barrel. It was up over 98.50 a few hours back. WTI is up 0.3%, over 92 now, and up to just short of 94 earlier. So, certainly less panic in the markets. The wise advice from the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is don't panic, or Dad's Army, if you're uh, sort of of David DeGarris' vintage. <laughs> and remember, Corporal Jones, and my vintage as well, obviously. Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Uh, David DeGarris joins me from NAB in London. So, we, yeah, no big moves, really, perhaps because there's been no big moves by Vladimir Putin. Do you think that's why, what's happening here? Correct. If you just look at what's happening, been happening in the markets today, Phil, uh, you'd be left with the impression that the front end of your curves is sort of reattached themselves to sort of hawkish central bank views, with one exception, the Bank of England. We might get to that in a moment. And that that's had a bit of blowback on uh, the enthusiasm for stocks today. And currency is not doing a whole lot. But Aussie has been up towards its recent range high towards 73 cents. It's half a cent below that now, but not breaking uh, through its range. But um, it just seems more like a sort of a Short-term yields up, most longer-term yields up, stocks just retreating on the back of that today. But um, <clears throat> I, I, I did hear one interesting interview from Jeffrey Sachs, who has a lot of credibility in the international sort of economic policy arena. He's a Harvard-trained economist, done a lot of work with uh, Eastern Europe coming out of um, communism and so forth with Poland and uh, the former Soviet Union. He was saying that, you know, the West had a chance to re-engage more fully with, with Putin over security and um, yeah, uh, to do with the east of the, of the country and so forth, but um, he, he was getting knocked back, so they sort of lost that opportunity. So 
we often get, you know, news from one side of the fence, so to speak, but just a different perspective from someone who's has a lot of credibility and not afraid to speak his mind. Interesting, I thought, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are always two sides to every story. We've got Vladimir Putin, of course, saying he is open to diplomacy. Thinking of it from the West's side, you'd say, well, his diplomacy is only if it goes his way. But as you say, well, you know, maybe there needs to be... Diplomacy means seeing things from all angles, doesn't it? Well, it's often that both sides have been talking to themselves and each other at the same time, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, and to social media, which isn't helping the situation, of course, as well. Uh, so uh, it doesn't help anything in this world, does it? So do you think the markets are just sort of like uh, saying, okay, let's concentrate on what we do know, let's push this to one side, yep, yeah. and we won't react unless there's something to react to? I think so. That, that's all that can, markets can do, can't it? Because how do you pro- price in the, um, the black swan event and the risk of that and so forth? So all I can do is sort of, well... We're keeping an eye on it, we're watching, but for the moment we're looking at the main game and the main game is central banks dealing with inflation and the impact of that on the markets. So that's where the that's what there it's been focused and, of course, all after the RBNZ increased rates for the third time in this uh, post-pandemic era, well, semi-post-pandemic era anyway. Yeah, of course, just 25 basis points for the RBNZ. They didn't uh, do the 50 basis point hike uh, uh, perhaps because of it, you know, as Ray was saying yesterday, because of this uncertainty, uh, that they're perhaps more cautious. They did say it was a, a close thing, a finely balanced decision yes. this time. So if they're saying that, then uh, next time, May, maybe that'll be a 50 basis point hike. Yes, well, well, it could be. There's always that possibility, and they can always get the market to do more work for them in that respect. So the fact they've raised their, uh, their forecast uh, cash rate at the end of their projection period up further, so this is the... The uh, the second uh, upward revision into uh, into meetings, so they've been chasing the inflation numbers higher and higher. So they expect that to be three point four percent by what late two thousand twenty four, early two thousand twenty five. Which you is know, it's um, very high, isn't it? Given their house, given all their housing debt, I mean, isn't that seems very high? You know, I'm thinking how's the card reaction if they were to go that way? But maybe they're that you know, I assume they're hoping the inflation peaks well before that, so they don't have to go quite that far. We often think, don't we, that housing is an important barometer of Western economies, and um, already their housing sector is showing signs of uh, some cracks showing up. So house prices have, what, fallen for two months. Uh, They've introduced this new um, credit contracts and Consumer Finance Act, uh, some other prudential restrictions, uh, and those factors, plus the fact rates have been going up, it seems to have... um, stopped house prices from from rising. So it's not just a matter of house prices, though, but, of course, it affects broader consumer spending, what they spend on housing, housing construction and so forth. So um, that's all to play out in an environment where the RBNZ expects to be increasing rates, what, at virtually every meeting for the best part of the year or so And now. bringing down the balance sheet, not just from maturing government bonds, but, you know, actually Indeed. bringing it down, so going at it from both ends. Completely the opposite, obviously, to the situation that we're seeing in Australia. But we don't have that. Uh, we don't have the same issue that they've got, which is curious, isn't it? And if we look at the uh, the, the wage inflation, uh, the numbers that were out yesterday, uh, I mean, you know, staggeringly low. I mean, as expected. But yes. I mean, it's not picking up, is it? it, it it's not. It, um, <clears throat> those who would say that it 
it's not picking up exactly what's happening out there in the marketplace might say, well, first of all, it's heavily synthesised and statistically modified by the statistician to try and capture what is the underlying trend. So maybe it's picking up, it's not picking up some of that important noise that um, happens out there in the real world. The second is that, you know, you had a rise of 0.7. If you annualise that, you've got 2.8. And also the the wage price index, including bonuses and and other payments, uh, increased by 1.1%, Phil. So that tells a somewhat different story. But um, Below inflation, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, so, I mean, people are supposedly worse off because of this i was reading uh, today how there's a lot less enterprise agreements than there used to be so maybe people are losing their negotiating power maybe we're turning japanese where it's just not culturally acceptable to ask for a pay increase now uh perhaps but we'll see we'll see if the market works or not but uh, uh i i think that that money does talk eventually it's, uh, it's more a matter of timing rather than if that was the, the data will tell us ultimately but um, the RBA, RBA seems to be happy to sit on their hands. And one of the writers in the, the Fin Review uh, on the back of that wages report suggesting that that wouldn't be enough to shift their, uh, shift their narrative, take that yeah. for what it's worth. Well, a very different story, obviously, in Europe, uh, and uh, we are seeing inflation there. We've got the the final numbers for January for the euro area, so no surprise there. The core rate is 2.3% for the year to uh, to January, uh, from 2.6% the year to December. So actually coming down a little bit, uh, but that's the core number. The top line uh, has increased ever so slightly. And this inflation, uh, I mean, that those numbers aren't new, but there is rising concern, isn't there, amongst the uh, members of the ECB, except for Christine Lagarde, who is still, you know, pushing this line of we need a more gradual approach. And of course, you would be because, you know, back in 2011, uh, when they were facing inflation, which was largely driven by fuel prices, they did push up interest rates and they had to quickly reverse it. So mm, I guess mm. they don't want to do the same thing again. No, that, that was the concern. Um, certainly, if they had had a very soft labour market and the economy was vulnerable and the only inflationary source was from outside uh, Europe, then, of course, um, they'd be a lot less fearful of inflation, Phil, but that's not the situation at the present time for an economy that's been pumped up by uh, a huge amount of fiscal stimulus, as we know, you know, the short hours schemes in uh, the major economies, um, plus super accommodative monetary policy, which has continued with a huge dollop of quantitative easing on the back of that. So uh, their labour market and their economy is is not as soft uh, as, as in previous episodes. So I think they're right to be concerned about the potential for inflation to rise. So the narrative has certainly shifted that way. We've had a big sea change uh, and we've had three speakers today from the quite hawkish end. So um, Mr Holtzman of, uh, of the Austrian Central Bank head saying he expects, you know, maybe two rate rises this year. Um, others less clear cut on their views, but certainly the time to start rate normalisation has arrived. So it's a matter of when rather than if still. Yeah. And German confidence numbers down today from minus 6.7 to minus 8.1. I think that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? But that's largely uh, uh, inflation related, isn't it? Because people's Income expectations have declined. Uh, their propensity to buy has declined. So both of those related to inflation. I, I think so. I mean, this this is this is where it hits the consumer's pocket, isn't it? Because we saw yesterday with their IFO survey that uh, confidence was well up, 
uh, expectations as well above uh, the previous month and uh, above um, uh, expectations. So certainly consumers are worried about it. And, of course, this has got political resonance within Germany as well, Phil. So you're seeing um, German members of the ECB becoming concerned about inflation and uh, and tackling that, not to the extent that it has become political in the United States, but certainly a reason to start thinking about getting away from negative interest rates as well. But it is interesting, isn't it? You're asking people, you know, an analyst, where do you think the economy is going to go? Is it going to get stronger? And people are saying yes, and uh, then ask consumers, how are you feeling? And thinking, well, we're actually going to be worse, we're going to be worse <laughs> off. Although the economy might be going stronger, we're not going to be feeling any better. But, but look, at, look at what's happening with uh, US consumer confidence measures. They're down in the dumps, but the consumer is not done with, not by a long shot there. They've still got money. They're just worried about the future. Yeah. And they've still got jobs coming out of their ears, you know. <laughs> it's, are, it's an upside-down world in a way. <laughs> These are weird times, aren't they? And then we have French business confidence. We have the INSEE survey up to 112 from 107. This is for February. So Omicron's gone away. Confidence is coming back after a couple of months of, of lower figures. The uh, mm-hmm. confidence particularly picked up in services, as you'd expect, as people are able to go back into cafes and restaurants, so from 106 to 112. Uh, so, you know, I, again, throw that into the mix. I'm not quite sure what we make of it all. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, certainly business confidence is returning. In the case of French consumers, of course, French government prepared to subsidise energy prices for the time being. So uh, I think that they'd be be a lot personally happy with that, of course. Well, if uh, Vladimir Putin is open to diplomacy and they get it sorted out and then we see oil coming down and inflation starts to uh, edge backwards so uh, central banks perhaps can be a little less hawkish, uh, we can all uh, live happily ever after. Uh, and uh, that's the end of the fairy tale. Indeed. Uh, indeed. <laughs> look, today, uh, <laughs> estimates for US GDP for Q4, we get new home sales in the US as well. Uh, those initial jobless claims, uh, the decline of that has been halted a bit by Omicron, so maybe it'll pick up. And then the... Uh, the New Zealand trade balance. So what will you be paying attention to out of those today? Uh, I don't know that any of them will be particularly big for the market. Maybe uh, we've got US new home sales, haven't we, coming out, So, and uh, Aussie capital expenditure. So particularly the plans uh, and how that might change, you know, success dealing with Omicron and so forth. And they, they were polls taken in the first two months of this year. So I'd expect them to be quite positive, but... Um, we will see. Right. Meanwhile, don't panic. That's the message today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for your time, Dave. Cheers, Phil. Bye. Bit of a, a dodgy line there to Dave. Do apologise for that. Thanks for listening today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you in the morning.